0: Welcome to another episode of Just Twenty, brought to you by SportsTalk.ie. On this show, we are delighted to be joined by Limerick jewel star Rebecca Daly. Again, we would like to thank our show sponsors, Medell Healthcare. Not easy to get sponsorship in this current climate, so we are extremely uh, grateful for their support. Check out Medell specialist in health screenings. Rebecca, lovely to chat to you again. Welcome to the show. I suppose the uh, standard question now is, how are you coping with the uh, lockdown?
1: I was finding It was hard enough At the start But I suppose I got my operation On the 13th of March Friday 13th So I've kind of Crept for doing nothing anyway You know For the first Four or five weeks You know And I have a few College assignments now To finish off It's taking me up To the 15th of May So it's not too bad
0: And are you having Much uh, connection With your teammates?
1: Um, yeah there's a lot of um, I suppose I have a few Friends there With Limerick Camogie We keep in contact Quite a bit And you know, past the past West we Are always putting up stuff so I very much I'm very much involved in that and just kind of actually keeping games going and you know, things like that online it gives me something to do as well especially because I can't participate in any of the runs or the 5 kilometre runs or any like that so I'm just kind of trying to keep myself busy by doing I suppose kind of management, management jobs as well
0: you're one of the lucky ones that is actually avoiding all the uh, map my run challenges that are going into whatsapp groups
1: thank god because you know what I wouldn't be a big fan of the now myself so I'm kind of <laughs> I don't know how will like, I be coping with it if
0: I um, was fully fit what has dramatically changed for you since the lockdown like uh obviously you've still coursework to do but um had you employment or part-time employment that maybe you don't have anymore because of the lockdown yeah
1: so i usually mind three children but that's my part-time job ten days nine to five, Monday to Friday. Um, usually during the midterm and summer. So I'd say there'll be none of that now this year. So I, I might have to try to find something else.
0: A lot of your teammates obviously are in college as well. They must be uh, struggling as well as regards uh, trying to find maybe part time work under the current restrictions. It's it's not easy.
1: No, it's not easy at all, like you know, I suppose like we're such I suppose, with sports like you're such an active person, like you know, work training, work training. That's kind of your your schedule and I suppose to have neither now at the minute you just kind of feel i suppose lost and you're trying to i suppose fill the time by doing something else but um, i know the girls are keeping active enough to, like you know their training sessions a day like and they're out there
0: is it hard for them though to keep training and keep motivated in without a target or without like a set date for when yeah, uh, you're actually gonna go back.
1: Yeah, I suppose Joe, it's tough now. I, like it's kind of up in the air at the minute. I suppose every um, sports person around the country is like that at the minute, you know, there's no day, I suppose there's no focus. You, it's kinda of hard to ground train when you don't have a name suppose and uh, yeah, I, like the girls are doing fantastic though and our strength condition coach John Blackwell, like he's given us a lot of stuff to do and James Kelly for a club like Joe, especially James, he's trying to keep it fun. He's trying to get into groups and Joe try to build pine systems and Joe, so then there's a leaderboard and Joe, just make it a bit competitive between ourselves rather than just having to go and do the running every day
0: yeah that seems to be the standard kind of way of approaching this like nobody's experienced in approaching this before is there any network or any support network that you guys can tap into as regards maybe funding or maybe uh advice or talking to people
1: i i, I know the girls now have uh, have done a few workshops with the WGP. they're fantastic joe doing a lot of um like, I haven't been a apart from now, but I know the girls are talking about them and just, you know, kind of motivational workshops just to keep them motivated, I suppose, and, you know, try to look at the outlook and try to come up with different things that they can do throughout the week, throughout the month, like give them goals other than just the sports side of it. So I think they found that very good the last day when they um, did it. Now I didn't do it myself, but the girls did find it very good.
0: And just speaking of the WGPA, there seems to be a good network of girls in charge of that organisation that they're coming up with thoughtful ways of communicating with their players
1: yeah definitely and they're always sending out um like surveys we got another one asking what we like more did we find the things they've already done beneficial and Joe they're always trying to build on the feedback that we give them which is fantastic like that's all you can ask for and Joe they're really taking things on board like that like like Gemma there she's fantastic if you if you text her at any time of the day she's back to you within seconds like Joe she's fantastic speak highly enough for
0: us. Yeah it seems to be I just looking in from the social media aspect of it, they do seem to be really be on the pulse regarding the looking after of their players and, that. and that's good to see and it can only help and promote the game.
1: Yeah no it does it promotes it massively and you know it's for us to look as players to see there's such a sport like that behind us, you know it's great like and we can really like we can they like we can really go to them if we have any issues, if we have any problems That we need to just um and they're really good at building it on social media as well. And we'll get
0: to your injury in in a couple of moment's time but if you were to play do you, do you see either club or county coming back in 2020 or what's the kind of general feel for it down in limerick i like
1: it's hard it's like it's hard to know like we're only like we are watching the news like everyone else but uh I it's very hard to see county come back i think personally um i just can't see it happening like we were meant to be playing the, first round of the 5th, to usually it's around the 5th of May, like around that kind of date, and then we build on from there. The championship is going to be the first round of June, so I just can't see it coming back unless they do knockout But again, then it's tough enough from players to try to prep for that. And then they're saying we'll get two weeks before going back to train properly before we go into championship, which I can't see that do of a leader. Yeah,
0: it appears to be the kind of players, especially inter county players, they're not that interested in playing behind closed doors. Like, I'm not sure too many people want to secure a title with nobody in the stand or nowhere to celebrate after or no fanfare around it like okay you'll have the people who are watching in on tv and you'll have the journalists online and twitter and all of that but it's not the same
1: no no it's not the same and uh, you know most of the time like when we go out and play like you're going out playing for your friends your family you know and for them not to be there and support you it's kind of it takes away that I suppose that feeling of satisfaction, or what you've trained for, when you see them after a game, or you get to go home and chat to them. And I suppose, you know, like I know, well, my family anyway, like they love coming to sports, the games. Like you know, they love going to the county matches or club games. And you know, I think. For them not to be able to go to that as well, it would be tough on them. And
0: the, the other side of it then is, for a club player, would they be happy to go out and play a match, uh, maybe knowing or maybe without knowing that the opponent has a healthy or unhealthy condition?
1: Yeah, that's it as well. Like, and like you're know, like you talking about 30 players on the field, and then you're talking about how many on the sidelines. And I suppose, I suppose for us playing club matches, most of them, like, we'd often go to hand and play a match in the hand. And, you know, there's no, there's no fence or, you know, everyone's nearly on top of you on the field. All
0: of, all of that would require funding then as well.
1: Yeah, that's it. Like, you know, and it's hard to see it going ahead. Like, you know, players on the team with asthma, with different underlying conditions, you know, like it's hard to, hard to put them in that position of saying, well, you know what, stay at home so don't bother coming to the match, you know. Like, it, it's hard to know what way it would work, to be honest. Yeah,
0: do you, it's more case, Rebecca, do you think it should be, we should all contact sport, especially in the GAB uh, left off until we have some sort of uh, relief totally on social distance and or do you see that we can get it going again this year with a little bit of the social distance and restrictions in place
1: like, honest, like I'd love to say that it would go ahead like for the girls training that much now during the time I say they're training more than ever like that's the vibe I'm like that's what i'm getting from them and you know but it's very tough to ask players to go out and play against, like be in contact with nearly what 50 60 people just in that space of an hour and to ask them then to go home to their families you know and like i can't to honestly i can't see it going ahead, like ahead at this moment in time i want
0: to take you back a little bit now uh, away from the covid 19 2018 you find yourself named player of the game in the ladies football junior final after nailing uh, 2-1 tell us how all that came about
1: It's like a lifetime ago now. (laughs) but um, Yeah, so I suppose I played Camogie all last year and John Ryan had asked me a few times into the uh, the set-up but I suppose I felt like it was a bit late and I didn't want to be leaving Camogie halfway through and then going playing football. I thought it would have been very unfair to the Camogie side. And then as time moved on then, we actually got knocked out against Waterford Lowe in Walsh Park um, and of course I was absolutely devastated um, I, we probably would have said we had a great chance going in to get to our first quarter final and I said we are absolutely devastated and I went on holidays for a week had a phone call from John Ryan after I came home asking would I come back into the would I go back to football and enjoy, try it and see how we got on at the start I was very I said no to be honest because I just said I thought it wasn't fair joining the football half like most of the season down and they would already a championship match the yeah they already had a championship match played but um, he said no that he wanted me to come back in and I suppose I had to take a time to think about it Um, and I kind of just said look I'll, I'll go for it and just see what happens and then when I do go for it then I said might as well try pushing try make the team try and get a start and then we played carry London and then ended up in the All-Ireland final then again um, Laos so I suppose in the face of the two months um feeling that I had against Waterford Longwater Park and then changed so quickly above and co Um in football it was very um, surreal like you know why I wouldn't have said it at the start of January when I set up my goals that that's the way the year would have went and did you
0: get any feet uh, kickback or maybe death stares from the girls when you walked into the football dressing room or were they very very uh, welcoming
1: um i i I suppose, like, anything, you know, as any player would be, like, how come she's coming in halfway through, I suppose, the year... Um, like anyone, like any player would, I know, probably I would say myself. But the only thing is that I had played County Kimogi for the whole year. It's not like I was um, sitting at home. Um, so that was the only thing that kind of pushed me to go and play. But after a while, I just, I just settled back in. I knew them all from for playing against them with clubs. So, no, it was fine then. And I had my um, mates Christine, Reedy and Larissa Hanley. So it was great. Like, once I got into it all, like, when I was doing... I remember I always used to do my band work at the start of training and I remember when I first came in I, I was obsessed like doing the band work I had to be done. That was my routine and I was so afraid to take out the bands and start doing them. So I went into the into the shower and did them inside there so no one would see me and then I came back out. But after maybe four or five train sessions I just I got in I got back into myself and Kind of started talking to more of the girls, and Joe, the bands came out in the dress room, and it was just a case of just do it here now and off you go training. Um, so that's how I felt the very first training going in.
0: But obviously, John's seen something in you, and he, he proved right 2 uh, 1 in the final. And then skipping on to 2019. Uh, back to the small ball, you you clinched the county championship for the first time. Some buzz left in a trophy with your club.
1: Oh, definitely. Yeah. I was, that was, we'd always been kicking at the door. It was, I played my first senior game with Newcastle West when I was 14. And I actually had to miss the year when I was 15 because the new rules came in that you had to be 16 playing county to play with your club. So I actually missed that 15 and then I was playing ever since 16, 17, all the way up along. And I it was every year going out I felt we were good enough to win a county and I thought it took nine years then after my first senior game to win the senior title and you know uh it was just I can't, like it was just out of this world of the just the crowd that was there on suppose Newcastle West in general were going for the senior football title the intermediate hurling, and you uh, senior camogie title in the space of three three weeks and just the crowd that was there and it was just like like i do enjoy i do anything to go back to that moment and we all were talking about us and the girls were like wow we used to go back there again you know just that moment just wanting to stay on that pitch and rough forever with each other and just kind of like it was just surreal like usually we're at the other side of hand in the semi final, five years in a row after losing by a pint after losing by two points and now we're in the county final after beating them and it was just it was very it was amazing like it, uh, what a, it wasn't um, it wasn't that we didn't believe it it was just that we, I just couldn't believe that it had happened you know and if, like that it really happened I suppose we had thought about it all week that said we're going to win it we're going to win it we're texting each other we're going to say like if we get performance we're going to win this and um, we got to performance and I suppose James Kelly and Jamie Lee were unbelievable two young fellas like two young fellas come in with such experience and they just they just knew everything they knew how to deal with us they knew what to say us they knew what to get us going and it just worked. Everything just clicked that area.
0: And having tasted success both with county and with club, would it be fair to ask you which is better or which would you prefer?
1: Um, I think club is just something it's something special. I think, you know, that's where you start out when you're seven or eight and seeing people who trained you when you're seven and eight the whole way up along and, you know, even out that night when we were watching the pub when we were watching the match back in the pub and everyone was there that trained us all the way up along, and just you know big hugs and kisses and you know like you couldn't get a minute to even talk to the team because everyone was pulling you here and pulling you there and it just just club that that whole I'd say maybe cause when we went back to club it was two months two three months of club were probably the best few weeks few weeks of training that I've done in a while now that I just really enjoyed it so so much Yeah
0: well that's one of the beauties of winning your county championship is that you go back training for the provincials on the tuesday or friday night knowing that you've reached your target for the year you've succeeded in getting your goal and whatever else is a bonus you hit a good run though in the provincials um
1: yeah i thought we played the semi-finals um, against Scarif. Um, I thought we were very, very disappointed that we didn't get the win over them. Um, we didn't really play, perform at all. I think a lot of people and even uh, like sporters just said that oh, we'd never won the county. It was the first time in history and look, we'll take that now and that's good enough for us. But I felt a lot of the older girls that we thought we maybe should have had the county won like previous and uh, getting to the Munster Time final felt like I, w- I, w- I w- well, personally anyway, I wanted
0: more. Moving on to 2020 then. A very dramatic one for Limerick, uh, new manager in, players ruling themselves off the panel, wrong score scorelines uh, and of course injury. I
1: suppose Neve, we kind of knew last year that after we lost the tip in Turlett, um, we knew that she wasn't going to be playing next year. Um, She had very much said it a few times that next year she was going travelling. And I think you kind of accepted that, I suppose. Um, Sarah Carey then, around December, January, kind of said that she wasn't going to come back at all, again, blow for us. Um, Sarah didn't return, but I suppose her commitment um, to her family and to work, she had to withdraw again. And then I suppose... injury then in the tip
0: game kind of summed up um, challenges that face for 2020 speaking briefly on that uh, Tipperary game wrong scoreline won Devon to 10 points but it was actually won 6 to 10 points Um, with all the kind of campaigns and everything that are going on to try and improve women's sport that was kind of fundamental embarrassment that the scoreboard was wrong especially when there was actually people following the game and I know uh, we have a link up with uh, what's the score app and we were following it with them and we had won six to ten points, and we were kind of wondering, did we miss something? Either, uh, what was your thought on all of that?
1: Yeah, I just, I suppose it wasn't after the last match that I heard of all of it. I had, I was gone maybe twenty minutes into the second half, and I, like, to be honest, I think the girls knew themselves that it was one thing. They knew on the field because they knew that no one else had got that the seven, the uh, seven points. And um, but then when the rest then had said that that was the score, I suppose the girls then were like, "Jeez, maybe we didn't miss." It a point maybe that is the score and I think the girls were kind of relieved in a way that they had gotten the draw whereas they were actually down a point but the record said they, it was a draw so it was tough on them on the field as well and to be honest it got so much media that there's been so much good games and so much positive things that happened that haven't got that type of media and it's just it was disappointing to see that's what it takes and that's what people see in Camogie. that oh they can't even get the score right
0: and unfortunately in that game Rebecca injury struck uh, and a bad injury at that uh, can you discuss what you remember of what happened in that game?
1: I oh, kind of, I suppose, just up there in the right, ha- right corner of the Gaelic grounds. I, I had lost the ball, and I tried to turn and get it. Next minute in, before I knew it. Um, someone kind of just hit me in the back and my whole knee my foot planted in the ground and my whole knee kind of gave way um, but yeah like it's kind of it's suppose, indescribable what, how I felt at the time and um, pain was something else all I could think about is lads I hope no one can hear me instead because I was it was, it was very sore but uh, once I went in then up into the room pain eased and it was grand and I was kind of like right okay look you never like obviously in the back of your head it's, it might be your cruciate whenever you know when someone hurts their knees, like cruciate that's all you think about but somewhere somewhere deep down I was like, No, it can't be Do you know, I'll be grinding like I've got knee injuries before and it's never been it so it'll be fine and um I think it's just the name of it and like it people just dread it so much that um I started probably overthinking that then I was kinda waiting for the waiting for the MRI, I got the MRI on the Wednesday um and then my mum actually came with me so she was outside and mum's a physio so she was outside after I came out from the MRI and asked you man she's like oh, look look can you tell me what it is and she started talking and she would say physio language and she man was was like yeah, Joe ACL um care great Tree. And sure, when I came out, say her face was just white, was like what And she's like, yeah. And so I, at the time, I say she was more upset than I was, because I had I hadn't really registered. Yeah. And then the whole way home, then I was I cried the whole way home.
0: <laughs> you you weren't it it was from the actual say the impact it was you weren't carrying a knock beforehand or feeling weakness beforehand in any other areas.
1: No, it was literally just. Try to get the ball. I had lost the turn. To try to get it, and I remember my just foot planted in the ground, and I, t- I, my hips, my body turned, and I literally got a slide back kind on of in the shoulder, and I I turned in when I got that, but my whole leg just stayed where it was, and my knee just kind of buckled in down, buckled in completely.
0: So to use the COVID nineteen term, no underlying condition, just a freak, freak, an unlucky accident.
1: Yeah, no, like I um Joe, everything night, you know, all all training, all sport, all the fields we've been on. Um just I'm just I when I can actually see it happening myself um, I just it's like it was kind of slow motion when it did happen so I just remember I was like no you know in my head I was like it's all happened so fast um no I never experienced anything where my leg had planted like that and I turned um so it was just kind of a freak I suppose freak accident um I probably myself had done that gym work or that conditioning that I usually would have done, um, so I kind of blamed myself a lot for the injury. Um, I hadn't done, um, when we finished club in, so club didn't finish then November. I suppose I was straight back into playing, um, with Joel and Sully there, Adrian Sullivan. He left me off two, three weeks. He had no problem with it. He just said, go. No, relax and I suppose that's what I did do I didn't do anything um went to the odd gym session right but nothing was um focused on um conditioning for I suppose 2020 became December then trained away with Ashford uh January had to, I'd say I had maybe seven to so seven games under my belt in January between cl- between county and college again no real gym work done and then the 2nd of February I think then I well personally I think I was um punished for it
0: I suppose I'd have to disagree with you there rebecca in the sense that you were punished for it like always with an injury like that and with a personal injury like that you're going to blame yourself and there's going to be uh, scenarios where a million different things go through your head could i done this right or not and that's why i asked you had you any underlying conditions if you're like say had a swollen ankle or a, a hip problem that you were maybe overcompensating or maybe an injury somewhere else but the fact that it was actually a trauma that it was a direct hit on the actual uh, knee itself and just an awkward unlucky fall so i wouldn't beat myself up too much about what i should have done and what i did i think it was just an unlucky unlucky accident and unfortunately most sports athletes go through it
1: terrified actually had come up to me and she was just after doing hers. I think it was two weeks before that, and she, it was her. It was her second time doing it, and I was like, oh, When she came up, I was like, Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. You know, I was kind of like, that that won't be me anyway. You know, but um, so I, I keep in contact with Sarah quite a lot. Um, I suppose it's hard as well. Um, because every and I suppose my boyfriend Bray, he's done two. He's cruciates, and he was just after back. He just back after doing um one in 2018. He was just back from it. But um, I suppose it's just hard as well because I, I if I start comp- I wanting I said I'm not going to compare myself because or instead, i will push it too far, like push myself too far. So I just kind of wanted to focus on myself. But yeah, I do um pour from them and it is great to hear their sides of things. Right? So everyone deals with different things differently. So that's what I kind of learned. I suppose, try to deal with it myself and try to understand what's happened and try to get a new routine.
0: That wasn't one of the requirements on your profile for a search of a new boyfriend, was that they were to have a cushy knee leg injury or indeed two. <laughs>
1: Just <laughs> New app, I'm, I'm making it now, 2020.
0: Yeah, Rebecca, maybe as a rival to Tinder, you could call it an injure. <laughs> yeah. Moving on is all I'd say. Uh, just the injury itself, uh, it's a, obviously it's a, a, a cruciate knee ligament injury. How bad is it?
1: It was a grade 3, the, the cruciate was a grade 3. My MCL was um, a grade 2, and I had a chipped bone at the top of my, uh, my knee.
0: What are your steps for recovering now? Um, have you a date in mind when you want to come back, or... Have your programme in place, obviously you have your programme in place to, to get back? I
1: kind of ruled out 2020 in general, just for the whole year. I said I won't be back for club even if they get to a county final. Um, just, I just ruled it out completely. Um, So I suppose the day is in November, December, January that I'm back, Um, I suppose, doing pre-season. Again, I suppose I'll have all the seats. I'll probably have all the strength behind me Um, from doing my rehab. That probably would be my aim at the minute. Um, I suppose I was just more, I, at the minute it's hard to look down that far because at the minute I'm just trying to get my full leg extension, trying to get it on the ground, trying to get, um, you know, full motion in my leg. So it's kind of hard to do that at the minute, even though I know what is coming, but at the, I'm just trying to focus on, I suppose it's literally week by week and see how much I've improved when I need to go back and work on more and just follow the program that they're giving me do core do my band work so what I do actually is funny um, I pretend I have, to, I have to go train on Tuesdays and Thursdays at 7pm that's what I'm kind of starting to do then you know I have a time I have to go I have to go do um, training I wouldn't miss it if I had to go train on, an on a normal Tuesday night so I have to go now on a Tuesday night at 7 so that's kind of been working for me for last last maybe because I, I suppose I was very um, it hard to be motivated for the first kind of uh, what's it all for why. Will I bother, um, but I just kind of had to say, look, I have to get on with it now and just do your rehab. Joe, future, future real tank you know with all the work I'm putting in. That's the way I was looking at it. Yeah,
0: well, it's natural to, to feel a little bit down and feel a little bit kind of as if there's no light at the end of the tunnel with regard to the 2020 season, especially after a couple of very successful years. Uh, unfortunately, you missed out on the success of the Ashburn Cup UL team making it five in a row. UL have been extremely dominant over the last couple of years. What was it like to play Komogi in UL? And it seemed to me that there was really a full college driving that success forward, not just one person.
1: Oh. Definitely, and like you said, one person. Like Adrian's excellent, um, Lee Ryan also super, like Sheila who was involved there, Katavan, like all them people, but you well in general, it's just there is no difference between the men's and the women. Like it is just level across the board, and it's kind of one of the first setups that I've been involved in where you're just treated as an athlete, like a player. You know, it doesn't matter who you are or like so equal to the men's side, you just get everything. As well, and I think that's Sully as well pushing that, and I think Rowan is, is guiding you well. It's just excellent. It's first setup I've been involved in. that. So professional.
0: Last year you were with us for the All Ireland uh, semi-finals and finals. Uh, how did you enjoy your punditry roles?
1: Yeah, oh, it was great, yeah. You were pushing women's sport, but also at the same time, like it was just it was great fun, and, and you just get, like we got to experience their crow park from I suppose a different a different view. I was in 2018, I was blowing the pitch plane. And in 2019, then I was up on the stand um, watching the game and taking down notes, analysing the game, as you could say, and reporting afterwards, being on the pitch afterwards in co Park and doing a match report. So, like, it's great to see the two sides of it and it was great fun through the whole thing. The
0: Camogie Association are really doing a lot of work in building up the uh, profile of the game, especially with the live streams. I know Fiona Hickey that day, she was also working with uh, RT on the co commentary. Uh, it really gives you a kind of, insight into what's involved in actually promoting just the one game.
1: Yeah, no, and a lot of work does go into that. You probably wouldn't notice as a player, and but it, at the same time, then when you are a player and you do like when the girls were being interviewed after all, and finding all yourselves with different people, like it's just great for them players like to express how they feel uh, just in that moment and time, and I like getting that recognition that they deserve. Um, but the Camogie Association now with the live streams and they're really pushing that, and I think people are really tuning into like the quality is is good. The Galway and Limerick game was streamed, even though I say it wasn't too pretty. To watch that match now but um like again it was still promoting the game that's what you want you want it out there you want people knowing about it and um, the rules as well were great the hand pass dropping and the early hand pass goals like i think if we could really enforce them i really enjoyed them and i think if we could enforce them it would even um, build the game again i do
0: agree with you that, that game wasn't a great game but you're not going to get every game of basketball or soccer or football or hurland, that's going to be a brilliant brilliant game but i do think that atmosphere adds to all games and especially when you're looking at the camogie and it's empty stadiums yes it's great to have the double headers but when there's no atmosphere in a stadium it's absolutely horrific and i feel that if they brought it down brought the games back down to a smaller venue where you could look in and see that there was people at the games and a little bit of atmosphere it will entice other people to go and to say, yeah, we want a part of that. But at the moment, I think the empty stadiums and especially the crowds streaming out of the grounds as soon as the camogie begins to play start up, I think that is a negative on what they're trying to do.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I suppose just going back to that there, that tip and... Are the and tip, tip Limerick game, the one we played in the Gaelic Grounds after the men's hurling. It was, um, it was very disheartening at that moment to see the amount of people get up and leave. Um, it was like, to be honest, they couldn't get out of the stadium faster. And I think, um, I think it really shone a bad light on Camogie that day. When if, if the game had been beforehand, it would have been a lot different. And like Niamh said in the podcast, she said that the crowd at one o'clock that was there was nearly full for the two o'clock match where would have got half of our first half or the second half warm and I just think like I think that's important as well not to do things like that because as players on the pitch it was very very disheartening just the crowd vanishing so fast while we were doing our warm-up
0: and obviously the the atmosphere like obviously you'd, you'd give an extra five ten percent if you knew there was an extra couple of people in the crowd is that really pointing at are the campaigns for the camogie and the 2020 campaign yes they are getting more coverages in twitter and instagram and all that are they putting bums on the seats
1: yeah i personally like just from that game alone i it's hard to, i can't say it has put bums on the seats because the amount of people that left that day the place was it was packed and then for everywhere to be white and there are only a few people that would have been there anyway that probably would have come to watch the after we left um like friends and family so it was very disheartening um the 2020 campaign yeah it has got a lot more coverage um on social media the live streams, but as in attendance that matters um can't say it
0: has moving on so to our last couple of questions we had a couple of fans that wanted our supporters that wanted to ask you a couple of questions uh we put it out on our instagram there uh yesterday or the day before and we got a couple in so one question is what's your take on renaming camogie to women's hurling
1: yeah I like I, I suppose it's hard to know. It was Kamogi. It'll be hard. It's hard to get rid of that name. I think it'll be always. It'll always be Kamogi. I think everyone has known it as Kamogi. It'll be hard to change it. Um, women's hurling. Yeah, uh, to be honest, I don't. I don't know. Um, I think personally, I'll probably always call it Kamogi. It's just because it's just kind of embedded in me now at the minute. And I think the same for everyone. You know, I play Kamogi. Um, but yeah, they, like. I, I wouldn't see any issue with changing it. I don't see the point in changing it either. Um, I just think the rules need are, need to be changed and need to be pushed, which they are. I think it's the quality of game that we're going for, and it, it, it shouldn't really matter too much what it's called. But I know the women's hurling page, they're very good for promoting it now, and I think that's also fine the way it's called. Um, it's probably not really answering the question. But, um, I don't really have an issue with the name of Komogi. I just had an issue. I have an issue with the, the rules and I suppose the standard that we're trying to get up to be
0: to the men, so yeah yeah i do agree with you like uh, camogie to women's hurling i'd much rather call it camogie probably if i was given a choice between uh camogie and women's hurling i'd probably drop the women's and just call it hurling but like it's still masking over the fundamental issues that camogie currently have in trying to get people to the game but i would also second that on what you've said about the women's hurling uh, twitter page anyway and the content it's excellent so whoever's in charge of that, kudos to you and keep it up. The last one then is who is the number one Kumboge player in the country at the moment? Go and put to your head if you're to say who is the best. Who's the best?
1: Do they have to be played right now? <laughs> I thought I would have um if I'd picked someone I probably would have just said Neve Neve Um I know now she didn't play this year but I suppose she's playing club. But the reason I picked her it's not just from her for her on the pitch, but like the commitment that she puts in off the pitch. I just think it's so like it's inspiring to be honest because I just see I, it's only when I'm stepped out now of sport that I see how hard it is to train on your own and train without people and like Niamh there would go running herself to the field, take 50 slitters and train for an hour on her own, not a bother. Um, she'd be at the pitch an hour before training and taking her free freeze. her eating is perfect, like Jo, she's so dedicated and I just think that like outside of being best like I suppose on the field, like she also is the best athlete off the field as well which is which is very difficult for us to do on your own. And I'm only in Austin, that now, so I probably say me, okay. yeah. here.
0: Well, thank you for coming on the third episode of our Just 20 podcast rebecca it's been an absolute pleasure having you on great to hear your stories and your thought on camogie and your injury uh, we're not going to lie to you and say that it's going to be an easy road back for you to the pitch but with the help and support of all of us that around you uh, we wish you the best of luck and we'll be with you all the way for anything that you need and uh, we'd like to thank our show sponsors medelhealthcare.com uh, they are experts in health screening so check them out if you want a sports health screen or a health screen.